Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is a widely recognized leader in the realms of content strategy and UX. She's the owner of Brain Traffic, a content strategy consultancy, the author of Content Strategy for the Web, the host of the Content Strategy Podcast, and founder of the popular Confab and Button Conferences. An in-demand speaker on the importance of content strategy, education, and inspiring audiences across every industry, and literally every industry, she lives in St. Paul, Minnesota with her two fantastic teens, which... I'm curious to hear about fantastic because that's not usually a word that we associate with teens. Welcome, Christina Halverson. I'm thrilled to be here. I know. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, God, how am I going to get out of this one with the fantastic teens? I, I'll think of so, something. <laughs> so solidly in the teens, are we like new entry? Oh, this, no. You know? No, we're, we're talking 15 and 18. Oh, yeah, it's a, right. it's a lot. I, I will yeah. say, I'll say resilient. I mean, they, I mean, like all teens, right? We got through the pandemic and, or I guess whatever, but they're, they're very resilient. They, they, I mean, they're terrible. Like oftentimes they're terrible, but at the end of the day, I really just like, I do like sitting down with them and like chatting and hearing what they have to say. And they both really crack me up and uh, I have faith. I have faith that someday they will be a hundred percent fantastic. Uh, I can tell you that they get there. I am now um, exiting the teen years. Uh, I have a 21 and uh, 18-year-old, and uh, it gets better every day. I love to hear it. That's I'm I'm waiting for them to turn out. That's what you know. When yes. are you going to be done? That's right. When can I take you out of the oven? <laughs> well, if they're if they're boys or one of them's the boy, apparently that takes a little bit longer. <sighs> I don't. It'll be just, fine. Just, It'll be fine. Again, they up. crack me right up. So I got yes, that going. Yes, for me. they are constant source of joy. All right. So thank you so much. It's busy time of year. You are a, an incredibly busy woman. So thank you for making time to to sit down with me and and share your your story with our audience. So I gave the highlight reel really about what's going on for you today. So can you tell our audience a little bit more about what you do and who you are and. Life in yeah. uh, St. Paul, I guess. That's right. It's snowing here. I don't know how long. Well, probably whenever this airs, it will still be snowing because we're here in Minnesota. But it's beautiful. And I always remind myself, okay, next time when it's fall and the days get shorter and you start to get depressed, like, just remember, this is coming. It's just gorgeous. Um, wow. You know, I wish that I could say, oh, I'm all content strategy all the time. And I, I do work still with just fantastic. Okay. My clients are in fact, fantastic. They are fantastic. Uh, a couple of really, really great clients that are fun and really excited about growth and maturing their content processes. Uh, I am always planning for our two content strategy events, Confab and Button. One of those is always happening. Um, I also have a podcast, which I love doing very much. Um, but I also, I have to balance that with parenting these two teens and I also have quite a bit of elder care that I'm responsible for with my dad and my aunt. So uh, it's a lot. I'm balancing a lot, but it's all, it's all good stuff. So many of the women that I've spoken with have mentioned balance and whether that's balance between personal and work or even just finding the balance at work, not leaning too far into one thing that, you know, something else gets 
pushed aside or really finding our groove. So I think for us, it's a, it's an ever going um, evolution of finding the balance, the teetering back and forth. And hopefully it's, you know, other than building really strong core muscles, um, keeps us on our toes, right? Oh uh, yeah. I don't have that. No, that I saw, <laughs> I saw like a pie chart recently that went by on one of my feeds and it said adulthood pick three. And it was like, family, career, exercise, dating, uh, health and well-being. You know, there were like eight things. And I was like, yeah, I, this is true. Like I picked family and career and I don't even remember what the other one was. Um, yeah, I have my core muscles I, I, someday. So let's get into it. Um, I know uh, we've got lots on the go. So uh, I always ask my, my interviewees uh, to start with four questions. So first question. What's the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Marsha Brady. Really? She was my, oh yeah. Yeah. I used to sit in front of my, I used to sit in front of my mirror and sing the, the uh, Brady Bunch song and like brush my hair and wish that I could be Marsha Brady on the TV. And actually it was whatever the, the actress name is. And like, that was my job. I wanted to be an actress um, on TV shows. That was my first career choice. And then I got into high school and it rolled into English teachers. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> not a big, not a big, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, fine. it's fine. I went, I got, I got a little bit more practical as time went on. Who was the first big influence you remember having on your life? Well, it was in fact a high school English teacher, which I think that a lot of us uh, who work in content can probably say, uh, Mrs. Foster, my junior year, she, I was going to school in Edmond, Oklahoma, which was, uh, I don't know about it these days, but it was a very, very, very conservative town at the time. And she was just fearless. She was talking about Emerson and Thoreau and all these like crazy ideas about spirituality and society and capitalism and socialism. And she just like blew my brain right open. And she was also really, really funny. She just had the driest sense of humor and she just was, she was fantastic. She made me into a better writer. Uh, she made me into a better thinker. Um, yeah, she was great. Excellent. Yeah, I don't have fond memories of my English teachers, so. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I had two amazing English teachers in high school. They were great. Yeah, no, my, the one I remember the most, one I remember being incredibly, like, I was impressed with her, it just, she knew so much and in interpretation, then I had another one who everything was death, you know, albatross and dark skies, and like, it was just so depressing, which, you know, as an 18-year-old girl, you don't need any added depression in your life. It, no, you, you, got you don't want drama. that. You don't want that. That's that. actually with Mrs. Foster. I was supposed to, we were supposed to read Moby Dick in her class and I started reading it and I was like, this is depressing. I'm not going to read this. And I, you know, I went and got the Cliff's notes or whatever. And then she figured out that I hadn't read it. And I wrote this like fake letter from the president explaining why it wasn't necessary for me as a teenager to read this depressing book. And she came back at me. She went out with, she like went at it with whiteout and like replaced all of the words in it so that it looked like the president was actually explaining why it was a really great idea idea for me to read Moby Dick. So there was no death and <laughs> despair in my class. Yeah. Oh yeah. The she fact said, that she like took the time. She's like, I'll show her sassy pants. She, that, that is a true educator. That's right. So is there a song that epitomizes your career or career path? You know, I was thinking about this <laughs> and my, I was just like belting this this morning when I was getting ready there, that Blondie song called one way or another. It is about stalking. Like, I'm going to, I'll be clear, it is a little bit about stalking. However, 
The reason I say that is that one of the things that I feel has really always not only like propelled my career forward, but also kept me really curious and exciting and excited about it is that I will see somebody, uh, you know, on stage or I'll read something that they wrote online or I'll hear them interviewed in a podcast. And I'm just like, that is an exciting, amazing person that I need to talk to and I need to learn more about. And I'll do it with potential clients. I'll do it with potential speakers. I'll do it just with random people uh, that I end up putting on my podcast. But that I think just like pursuing those connections and staying curious, granted, she's not curious in the song. She's obsessive and stalkerish, but one way or another, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to find out what's in your head. I got that. I like that's that. That's as close as I could get. Yeah. It's a little that's... creepy, but yeah. Not going to lie. A little bit, but little um, bit. I'm, I, I think it's okay. I think you explained your way out of it. So I don't think anybody's going to come <laughs> knocking on your door. So I think you're good there. Three words that represent you in your career. Uh, resilient. Certainly. I think that just about every business owner who is still in business after the last couple of years can say that. Uh, but I've certainly seen significant ups and downs over the last 20 years, um, you know, including having to balance uh, serial family crises with it, with my work. So there's that. Uh, I definitely curious, which I kind of talked about before. I'm always excited and interested about what's going on in basically any content adjacent field or discipline or work or um uh, company or enterprise or any of that. Uh, and I think that, I think the last one I would say probably is celebratory because I really do work to find ways to celebrate and to lift up the work of others, uh, and the progress that we have made, uh, in the content strategy and now content design community. That is, I really try to foster that at our events, a real sense of, um, yeah, just celebration. I've absolutely seen that. We've um, we were we were joking <laughs> as we were getting ready to chat and turn the the record button on that I can't believe that we have been in this industry together for so long and have never actually sat down and had a conversation. Our paths have crossed many times, and I can say that I've I've heard you speak um, and really engaging in your excitement and your passion for what we do, uh, being in the same space, definitely comes through. So you went from you know, Marsha Brady, which is, you know, a very valid desire to be because who wouldn't want to be Marsha Brady? And for all Jan, of you youngins. Oh, no, Jan does want to be Marsha Brady. I take that back. Yeah. Yeah. All of you youngins who don't know what we're talking about, go out and look it up because you will want to follow. You also um, will want to be Marsha Brady. That's right. That's right. Regardless yeah. of who that's you are. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, but what's your career journey been like? You've had your own company for 20 years. I mean, you're an entrepreneur before people were really talking about entrepreneurship. How's the journey been? Oh, it's been chaotic. I can use that word. Um, I, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing time to be alive and to be in content. Uh, I actually did end up majoring in theater, and I say that because the first part of my career journey was, in fact, in the theater. I was not on the acting side, though. I was on the dramaturgical side. So I was working with uh, playwrights to and, and directors to kind of bring context to the words that were in the script, um, historical, uh, philosophical, etc. Loved that work. Then I decided that I needed a car. So I couldn't be making no money anymore. So 
went into sales, sales rolled into marketing, marketing rolled into PR, and then 9-11 hit and everybody got laid off and I had no job prospects. And that is when I decided I was going to write and do copywriting. And shortly after that, I decided I was going to specialize in writing for websites. And that actually is kind of where all the stuff came in. Um, my sales background, my marketing background, my PR background, and even the theater, um, in terms of like being able to put yourselves, yourself in other people's shoes. Then I discovered user experience because of that. Uh, and then I decided I would focus on writing for websites. And then I discovered that everybody waited to call me until the last minute. And then all the content sucked. <laughs> It's true, right? I mean, it was like a nope. constant. I mean, it still happens. Okay, the design is done. The pages are coded. Time for the words, which will be super easy to get because everybody writes. Uh, and so I got, and so I like to say that like the next phase of my career was sort of fueled by rage because I was tired of like banging my head against the wall over and over. Um, and so I decided I was going to call myself a content strategist and hope that people took me more seriously. Then I found out content strategy was a thing that nobody was talking about. So I wrote an article, then I wrote a book, and I started um, speaking about it all over the world because people wanted to talk about content and content strategy. Uh, built my business to consulting and uh, launched Confab in 2011. And that's, that's it. That's what's, and then it's just been steady on with absolutely no problems or, or ups and downs in my business ever since then. I mean, we've uh, all had ups and downs, but it's been, it's been pretty consistent. That's one of the things that I found so fascinating. I, I literally stumbled into web and web design and content strategy because I was an internal comms person who thought, oh, we need an intranet. That would be a really good thing. Yes, so, that's exactly how we all got into it. All of those of us so, who are over the yeah. ages, so, mid forties. You know, that's right. Coded and and wrote an inter the internet for my company, and then I thought, oh, you know what would be really cool is if we put our our annual report online. So let me figure out how to do that. Figured out I had a knack for tech, but also coming from the internal comms world, was always worried about the or con not concerned, always aware of the need for the words. But interesting again how. It's, it's still to this day, people are so obsessed with getting the tech set up and making it look pretty. And then it's like, okay, who's, wh where's the stuff to put in it? That's right. But, it, but the, you know, the whole thing though, is that it's like, ah, it's, you know, it's writing. We can go get the content. Like, it was, you know, it's not our job to go to do the content because we don't, we got to go to the stakeholders to get the content. And nobody has time for that. Nobody knows how to write for websites. And, and of course, then that's, what backed into, I shouldn't have stopped it. And then I did content strategy for websites because that's what back, that's what backs into, all right, well, why can't we go get the content? Like what's going on in there and why is everybody passing the buck or why is everybody so attached to the content that's already on the website? What's going on there? And it, you know, all content problems are people problems. And like what you see on the website is how things are going within the organization. And that's why then we started digging into, of course, content ops and what was going on with larger systems and culture and values and all of that. And we're doing a lot of work in that area now. And it's really, it's exciting because um, we oftentimes will go in for a website or for, 
you know, a larger kind of like content ecosystem project. And we always end up talking about people. Yeah, indeed. So you, you, it, it seems pretty linear, a natural flow, always, you know, a love of words clearly between English and, and drama and, and uh, the theater and whatnot, and then to go into sales and PR and eventually to where you are now. Was there a defining moment, some decision or action that significantly impacted the trajectory of your career and really anchored you on the path that you're on? Yep. A thousand percent. And I don't know how many people can say this. Um, I think in 2007, that was when I came across this article called Content Strategy and the Philosophy of Data. It was the first time that I'd seen the phrase content strategy on the internet and I flipped out and, you know, started stalking people. Um, but realized then over the next couple of months, like there were 17 people on LinkedIn with the title content strategist. There were 8,000 results on Google when you Googled, Googled content strategy. And I started to feel like I had been handed the football and like there was nobody between me and the goal line and there was nobody behind me. And I was like, doesn't anybody else want this? Because it was just so clear to me that this was a thing that was going to happen. And this was a thing we needed to talk about. So in like May of 2008, I sat my small staff of six down and I was like, look, I know we're a web, you know, the small firm. I see this opportunity. I want to step it up and I want to go after it. And if I do that, and if I, and if I, because I knew I could, right? I knew that I could do it. And I was just like, if I do that, things are really going to change. How do you feel about that? And one of my staff was just like, well, I don't, I mean, how are you going to feel if you don't? Right. And so like two weeks later, I put myself on a plane and I went out to San Francisco to Adaptive Path, which was one of the original and premier UX agencies in the world. And I sat down with one of the co-owners and I was like, you're doing it wrong because you were talking about UX design as though it is everything except the content. And that was it. That was what started it all. That's exciting. So you just hauled your butt over and sat down and said, you guys are wrong. Yep. Good for you. Yep. Well, what's How funny is that? that he was like, I had been bothering him uh, as Peter Moorholtz. I had been bothering him for a couple of, uh, for like a year and he finally was like, why don't you come out here and talk to me? And I was like, all right, I think I will. And then he emailed back and he was like, also, I made it an event. So now people are getting tickets and they're going to come hear you. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what's that now? So then suddenly I had to like give a talk and it was terrifying because I was, that was scary because I was like this gal from the Midwest who had been, had been out to San Francisco like one in my life and everybody there was hip and in the internet and whatever and I was going to go and I was going to give a talk at Adaptive Path. And I walked in and there were, it was packed and like nobody knew who I was, but they saw somebody was going to be talking about content strategy. And when I walked in and saw those people, I was like, yep, it's time. Opportunity and you seized yep. it. What's your current role like? Is there, has, you know, what's getting you up in the morning, 20 years in the industry and really leading the industry in a, in a big way has have you seen major shifts in what the challenges are or compromises 
Yeah, I mean, yes, the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. I mean, we had our day in the sun for content strategy in the field of user experience. I know it's talked about differently in, in content marketing. And then there was a real drop off in like the late teens. And I still don't know why. It was like suddenly UX conferences were not featuring content strategy anymore. And it kind of, and there were a bunch of content strategies that were getting laid off. And I still to this day do not understand what happened. But then there was this rise of a field of practice called content design, which is really folks who are working on content and content strategy within the digital product experience. So like Facebook and Twitter and Shopify and the Intuit products, etc. And that has really taken off. And it's a lot of the same questions and the same concerns and the same kinds of problem solving, but it's a much more specialized area of, of skill set and expertise. And that's what I'm seeing happen within this broader kind of bigger tent of content strategy is we're having real specialization start to occur in content design in what I call content engineering. So like the CMS and the content modeling and the information architecture, kind of all the stuff that makes the content go. I'm still seeing a real need for specialization in website content strategy. Um, and then, you know, the rise of content ops. So all of that is really exciting to me because it is it means that people are asking tougher and tougher questions about how the content gets done and who it's for and how it gets out there. Um, yeah. So I just think it is a really, really exciting time. Uh, in ter you know, in terms of my current role, I, I would say the two things that get me up in the, in the morning there are the work that I'm still doing for clients, which granted is really high level consulting, but, oh, I love talking to clients about, what they're doing and what they're excited about, what, what they're banging their head against the wall about. I mean, it's it's fun being the expert in the room, right? It's fun to hear them talk and just be like, I, I've seen this a million times before. And then to really see the light bulbs go off for them. And I, I think the second thing is definitely the events. I mean, there is, I, I, I'm not crazy about all the works that work of a producer. And that's, that's why I have somebody to do that. But in terms of like, finding and lifting up new voices and connecting them with seasoned speakers and experts and just, and, and also being able to sponsor these, um, this equity scholarship where we bring in, um, folks of color or folks who are facing other barriers to attend events. I just, I'm real fired up about it. So those are my two things. And my podcast. I love doing my podcast. Yes. It's a great podcast. Everybody listening should go and check it out. I wasn't aware about the equity sponsor scholarships with regards yeah. to speakers. That's yeah, fantastic. it's amazing. We used to only bring like one person or two people and the virtual space opened up. We, I mean, we were able to like award a hundred tickets and last year to Confab, um, this year to our, our in-person event, we had seven scholars there. So it's really exciting. Well, good for you. Changing, changing the world one little ticket at a time, right? Yeah, everybody should come buy a ticket to Confab. Please do. Totally <laughs> One they ticket at a time. Right. One ticket at a time. <laughs> You've been doing this for a while now. If you weren't in the content strategy space, what would you be doing? I really love community theater. I really love community theater. This is like one of my dreams that like when if things ever settle down that I'll go and do community theater again and I think that I would have pursued either doing that like as a as a probably not a director but maybe as a support dramaturg or do teaching theater in the schools like I I directed 
a play. I like wrote and directed a play when my kids were in elementary school for these elementary kids. And it was really painful, but it was also like one of the most satisfying things I have done in my adult life. And so I really think I, I would have leaned towards that. I would like to say I would be a writer, but who likes writing? Everybody hates writing. You go, you open up this, it's like a blank page. Nobody wants to do that. I know this because I have lots of friends who are writers. It's, uh, it is something that I think a lot of people think about doing, but only the brave tackle it. Oh, it's a lot. It's a and lot. And persistent. Yeah. It is a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you've had amazing experience. You've met a ton of fantastic people um, because I know some of them and they, they are truly, our, our industry is just chock full of them. For our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, happiness, whatever you'd like to share? Treat yourself to therapy. That's my first. That's my first. Actually, don't treat yourself. Like therapy, I think is one of the, if you've, especially if you've got the health insurance for it, it is one of like the greatest gifts and greatest pursuits you can undertake. Um, I actually just read an interview with Harrison Ford. Dude is 80 and is like one of the most relaxed, confident humans on the planet. Never been to therapy. I don't think that that's the case. I think we all need it. Um, so that is definitely one thing that I can strongly recommend. I think the second thing is we're all so hard on ourselves. Like I, and I, I am giving myself this advice as well. Like I, I'm not parenting well enough because I, I'm working too much or I, I'm not working efficiently and I'm not delivering what I promised I would or, you know, oh, I said I was going to go visit my dad in assisted living yesterday and I couldn't get over there for three more days. And I, it's just like, I, my therapist recently said, Christina, you are like the person who, you know, in those like holiday magazines, they used to have the feature where it was like, look for the five things that are wrong in this picture. She's like, that's how you've been going around your life lately. It's just like in this state of constant alert, like what is wrong? What am I doing wrong? And so I have started to try to say to myself, Hey, you're doing great. Keep going. You're doing the, you're doing exactly everything that you know how to do. You're doing the best that you can keep going. Just the same thing that I would tell my kids. We are hardest on ourselves. We give great advice to others, our understanding, provide them the encouragement and lift them up. And then we turn around and, you know, if anybody talked to our, to us, the way we talk to ourselves, we wouldn't be friends with them. That, why is that? That is a very good question that many therapists make a lot of money on trying to figure out. I guess so. I mean, that's, I think for me, it's like, I kind of feel like, well, I, I deserve it because I'm not, I'm not doing well enough. Like there's always something I could be doing better. And and this is like the form of self-talk that I, that I somehow developed. It's like the coach in high school who just like tears you down with the idea that then they can build you back up. Like maybe we're tearing ourselves down, but we don't really have anybody to necessarily build us back up again. So it's just a terrible tactic. I think instead we should be constantly working to build ourselves up. Again, keep going. You're doing great. I could not agree with you more. And so let's work that into our next talk then we're when we have an audience in front of us and make sure we're sharing that message with everybody yeah everybody right now everybody's yelling what do i do what do i don't leave now what do i what am i supposed to do with that what next 
Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Come to Confab and find out. Yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Get, go get that's a right. massage. Right? Treat yourself to a massage. I, you can get one at the mall for like 30 bucks. That sounds amazing right now, yeah. actually. Yeah. It really does. We, we've joked a little bit about, about Confab and, and Button, but tell our audience where they can find you. Web, social, upcoming events, perhaps? Yeah, for sure. So the you can always go to braintraffic.com, which is our web con- or our content strategy consultancy and events organization. Uh, and that kind of has a list of that's where you can get in touch about any consulting projects. That's where you can find uh, Confab online, confabevents.com. It'll link you there. Or for Button, which is our content design event in October. Confab is in May here in Minneapolis, and I have to tell you, it's the last one. We're retiring. It. We're going to go out on a high note. It's we're still selling out every year, but we're moving on to new things. Uh, so that's in the first week of May, and then you can come join us in Portland for Button, the Content Design Conference. Um, you can also listen to my podcast at ContentStrategy.com. See, I picked it up. I picked it up when nobody else was talking about it. Um, what else? I'm on Twitter. I haven't left Twitter yet. I know everybody's trying to leave, but I love, I love Twitter. It's my place. <laughs> and I'm just at Halverson there. And then I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of those platforms that I really should be doing more on, but oh, it's really exhausting someday. Oh, see, there you go again. Should be. You're doing I great. know. You're should. Doing it's the shoulds. It's the shoulds. I choose yep. not to do LinkedIn. Come find me somewhere there you else. Go. That's right. There you go. Well, I, I'm maybe going to have to try and get to confab i haven't been to one and if it's the last <gasps> one then please do oh it's really great you will have found your people and handley <laughs> has spoken there a few times she says it's one of her favorite conferences i mean yes. i'm sure next to content marketing world and her own of course <laughs> i come in a close third all right that's right need to qualify there's that's no right. no need to put it in a pecking order she said it's one of her faves so that's right that's high praise <laughs> exactly has really good standards so that's high praise for her <laughs> do you know um, i actually she has to say that i came up with the title for her book everybody writes oh did you yeah she loves telling that story uh i think that she's i don't remember this but apparently it was like the dead of winter and i called her from a parking lot as i was like walking to my car and i was like i have the title and she's like i can't hear you it's the wind so anyway <laughs> she just says it to be nice yeah well, thank you so much, Christina. Um, I've so very much enjoyed our conversation today. It's been fun and hearing more about how you've built up a, an uber successful business and really were ahead of your time in terms of content strategy. I wish I had, uh, had bought content ops um, when I first started working in that area. <laughs> I can't, I haven't written that book yet. I haven't, my book was written in 2009, Content Strategy for the Web, very long time ago. It does not talk about content ops. I am learning about, con- like you, I am confident, have a lot to teach me about content ops. So guess who's coming on my podcast next year? <gasps> <gasps> Kathy, it's you. You are. That's exciting. Thank you. You That's heard, right. heard, heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I just asked you in front of all your leader, in front of all your listeners. So now oh, you have good. to. I am, I am <laughs> happy to, to repay the favor. I have enjoyed Fantastic. this conversation very much. So Terrific. Me too. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, although this will probably come out in the new year, but that's okay. Happy holidays and happy new year. Uh, To my audience, 
Thank you so much for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Christina and hearing about how passion can drive you and uh, turn success at every corner um, and being first at something really pays off. So if you're keen to hear more stories from amazing women, then please head over to unchartedjourneys.net and check out the other recordings as well as our show notes. I'll make sure to have all of Christina's contact information there. And you can check out the links and resources um, from this show as well as other shows. And thank you so much for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Yeah.